newsletter, January 2023. Vesta joining Neptune in Pisces. Asteroids are fascinating, but in truth, I don't use them much in my own astrological practice. It's not because I don't believe in them or anything like that. Their effects are quite demonstrably real. The reason is simply that the, the big planets keep me busy enough. Uh, in all professional astrological work, there's always a balance that needs to be struck between the number of points an astrologer will have time to discuss in a counseling session versus having a bit of mercy on the client's attention span and energy. It simply takes me so long to do justice to the message of the major planets that I've rarely had time to add asteroids to the menu. Then there's the minor problem of there being about a million of them. Uh, last I heard, something like 14,000 of them even had names. To avoid being overwhelmed, many astrologers who use asteroids limit themselves to what are often called erroneously the big four. They're not actually the biggest. They're just the first four to be discovered. They're Vesta, Ceres, Juno, and Pallas. Hygieia is actually more massive than Juno by far, and if size matters, it should be in that quartet instead. Uh, Juno just happened to be the third one to be discovered, but it only squeaks into the top 20 as heavyweights go. Now, the more massive an asteroid is, the more powerful it is astrologically? Question mark? That tempting notion makes a degree of intuitive sense, but I doubt it's true or as simple as that. That's because astrological experience teaches us otherwise. Pluto's mass, for example, is relatively tiny, only about one four hundredth the mass of Earth and vastly less than Jupiter or Saturn. Yet woe betide the astrologer who ignores Pluto. We all know that. Still, there are objects in the asteroid belt that weigh less than you do, and I suspect it's safe to leave them out of our analysis. Full disclosure, with asteroids, I am a dabbler, and I wouldn't claim to be anything more than that. To learn about them, I'd encourage you to start with the work of Demetra George or Martha Lang Westcott. In astrology, there's no substitute for experience, and they've both had a lot more experience with asteroids than I ever have. Still, there's one big asteroid that's got a special place in my heart. That's Vesta. It's one of the four originals, plus it's actually the second most massive one, just behind Ceres, which is actually so massive that astrologers now call it a dwarf planet rather than an asteroid at all. What makes Vesta so dear to me is purely astrological. In my natal chart, it's in a conjunction with my ascendant by less than a degree and a half. That makes it strong. In theory, that's enough to make me a Vesta guy, which is something I can quickly confirm from my own experience. Vesta keeps the sacred flame burning. And that's basically what I've been trying to do all my life in my astrological work. Everything I've done professionally for the past 50 years can be reduced to one agenda, and that's trying to keep the metaphysical, spiritual heart of astrology beating in the face of the baleful influences of materialism and stupid commercialism, not to mention the merely existentialist kind of university psychology style of astrology. 
Now, I won't go into the customs and mythology of the Vestal Virgins here. They're a big part of understanding Vesta, but you can learn about them elsewhere. My subject in this newsletter is a little different. Suffice to say that Vesta's job is to protect and preserve that which is sacred, to keep the spiritual hearth fires burning, lest something essential to life gets lost in the materialistic shuffle. As we will soon see, that's an especially poignant issue now, with Vesta transiting through mystical Pisces, where it's working in concert with Neptune. I want to quickly throw some dates at you, and then we'll dive into what it all means. Let's start with slow-moving Neptune. It first touched Pisces in this current cycle over a decade ago, back in 2011. It will begin flirting with the Aries frontier in 2025, not truly leaving Pisces until January 26th of 2026, whereupon it crosses solidly into Aries. Meanwhile, Vesta's passage through Pisces is much quicker. It completes a full orbit of the sun every 1,325 days, or about every three and a half years or so. It entered Pisces on May 24th of 2022, but it retrograded into Aquarius on August 21st and then returned to Pisces just recently on November 20th of this year, 2022. Once back in Pisces, it zooms through those 30 degrees really fast, crossing into Aries as soon as February 7th. Our practical bottom line is that this month, We've got both Vesta and Neptune working together in Pisces. They only form their actual conjunction on January 23rd. But I want to say something about this whole period that runs from November 20th through February 7th, Vesta's passage through Pisces. Now, there is a family of astrological symbols that correlate with, among other things, psychic sensitivity. Neptune is one of them. And of course, people everywhere have Neptune somewhere in their charts. But for some of us, it plays a central role. For others, not so much so. Beyond Neptune, anything in the sign Pisces also links to those kinds of elevated sensitivities. The same goes for anything that's in the 12th house of a person's chart. I would also point out that a natal moon in waning crescent phase, often called the balsamic phase, that too is tuned into those mystical wavelengths, although often in a spookier fashion. A, a very emphasized moon placement in general can also correlate with these kinds of sensitivities. That's kind of a higher octave of, of, of the simple moon. Now, the point is that nobody lacks these influences entirely. But some of us, these wavelengths of supernatural perception uh, are, are simply more activated in us. Normally, if you call someone sensitive, they'll say thank you. People generally view sensitivity as a compliment, in other words. And it is. The world could always use more sensitivity. But that line brings me to my point. For the past several years, 
May God have mercy on all the sensitive souls. We have been through the ringer. Think of the news, mass shootings, COVID, Nazis in the government, the Ukraine. Humanity always struggles, but lately it's been much harder with so many more reasons to slip into despair. I saw a line that was allegedly from Leonard Cohen on Facebook the other day. Nothing ever works. That's to teach us compassion. I found that perspective helpful. Maybe you will too. It seems that souls come to earth in order to study the effects of ego, hunger, and aggression, and maybe eventually to graduate from their grip. But lately, the volume seems to have been turned up on those poisons. Astrologically, the Pluto-Uranus square of 2012 through 15 or so was quickly superseded by the ongoing current Pluto-Eris square, which started around 2018 or 19, depending on how you like to think of orbs. I've talked about both of these things in detail elsewhere. You could read about them at length in my book, The Endless Sky, for example. The essence of the matter is that both of these slowly transiting configurations involve a whole lot of hurt. An old world order is dying, but it's fighting back really hard. The degree of bitterness, cruelty, and loss we are all experiencing is such that it's been hard for anyone to hold on to hope, love, or even compassion. Yet, Neptune is in Pisces, quietly and never in the headlines. A spiritual renaissance has been taking place. If you doubt me, just think of the psychic opening that has happened in you personally in the past decade. And then more broadly, think of all the meditators who are now teaching meditation. Think of the yoga students who now teach yoga. And think of their classes, now full of eager students who couldn't spell any of those words before Neptune entered Pisces in 2011. We're in the midst of a spiritual awakening. Here is my favorite illustration of the effects of Neptune's passage through Pisces. Think of the current experience explosion of interest in astrology, and especially in evolutionary astrology, with its unabashedly metaphysical roots. This period of time will go down in history alongside the other spectacular periods of spiritual awakening that also correlated with Neptune's historical passages through Pisces. Here are some examples. The rise of Christianity and the Roman Empire, the explosion of Islam, the Protestant Reformation, the rise of spiritualism in the mid-1800s. If you want details, I explored all of that in The Endless Sky and also in the book of Neptune. My point here is far simpler. In this newsletter, I just want to say thank you to the battered, sensitive souls who have kept Vesta's spiritual flame burning in these recent years of darkness. Neptune's passage through Pisces has increased your psychic and spiritual sensitivity at a time when it would be very understandable if you had preferred to be less sensitive, not more sensitive. These next words I say with compassion and respect. Among us, there are the fallen, those souls 
who were so overwhelmed by the recent nightmares that they took refuge in addiction and escapism. Somewhere there's a tired, overwhelmed, and in fact deeply spiritual person compulsively playing video games, or drunk or numbed with chemicals. Everyone in that kind of situation thinks he or she is a failure, but they just couldn't take it anymore. So they decided to, in quote, save the galaxy in their video game instead of saving the human race. They fled. I do not judge them. But even that is not what this newsletter is about either. This newsletter is a salute to those of you who have kept the faith Vesta fashion. My hat is off to those of you who have not abandoned hope, or more importantly, who have not abandoned compassion in these dark years. You are the true children of Vesta. It has not been easy, and I suspect no one has thanked you. That's why I am taking this opportunity to thank you now. Back when I was in the middle of life, someone asked the late, great Ram Das about what he thought lay ahead for the world. His words were luminous, not to mention kind of ominous. Normally, Ram Dass tended to be positive and encouraging, but this time he said he felt that the next stage of the human journey was about, and this is a quote, keeping your heart open in hell. Yikes. Between November 20th of 2022 and February 7th of 2023, while Vesta is passing through Pisces, May you keep your hearts open no matter what happens. May angels give strength to all of you who have not abandoned hope. May their faith, the faith of the angels, give you faith, and may your faith give faith to the rest of us. May you, Vesta fashion, keep the sacred Piscean soul flame burning in the darkness, and may God bless you, and please accept my blessing too. As people say at airports to the soul, Soldiers, thank you for your service. <laughs> so thank you and Happy New Year.